The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. My name is Stuart Burkhart. I am your host. Today on the podcast, we are going to discuss the trade deadline, as well as the imminent returns of Malik Beasley and D'Angelo Russell, the Suns series from this past weekend, and the week ahead in Timberwolves basketball. Before we get to all that, I do want to make sure that you guys know to check out hoop-ball.com. That's where you can find all the basketball content you're looking for, be that DFS, Daily Fantasy, all that stuff over at hoop-ball.com. And follow me on Twitter at beefstew69, that's B-E-E-F-S-T-U-6-9. And you guys are welcome to chat with me there, ask me any questions about the Timberwolves or anything, life in general. I'm happy to answer any questions you guys have there. And we can discuss the Wolves and uh, have some fun over there. I usually do some tweets during the game, a little bit of a recap thing, so you guys can sort of follow along. Also follow like John Krasinski and Britt Robson, all those guys, and you'll get the same kind of thing. It ends up being that your Twitter feed is just the Wolves game as it happens. It's really fun, honestly. It's one of my favorite things about watching Wolves games is going through Twitter and, and sort of it's like you're watching them together with a with a group of friends who you've never met. So do that for sure. And if you guys don't have Twitter, get Twitter and just follow all this Wolves all the Wolves people. Follow me, follow Ben Beacon, follow John Krasinski, follow Britt Robson, follow Kyle Thieg over from Canis Hoopus. All those people definitely able to uh, make your Timberwolves viewing experience better. All right, to start today, we're going to talk trade deadline. So we have, of course, heard many, many rumors in the recent years. And, I mean, years in the case of the Aaron Gordon rumors. In the recent weeks, they've picked up a little bit. Today, or last night or this morning, there was a report that Aaron Gordon has officially requested a trade from the Orlando Magic as of February, which is obviously, more than three weeks ago, being that it's March 22nd. And I did want to speak to that specifically because it looks like the Magic, from what I've seen and what I've read, the Magic are looking for multiple first-round picks and a young player for Aaron Gordon. I'm not into that. I think that giving up multiple first-round picks for a player of Aaron Gordon's caliber is foolish i think aaron gordon's a good player i just don't think that he is that all-star caliber bring you to the you know make you a finals contender from where you're at kind of a player and i don't think that trading multiple first round picks is worth for anything other than that frankly if you're not getting an all-star caliber player i don't i don't think you should be trading multiple first round picks and the, the fit is a little bit precarious on the offensive end with Aaron Gordon, who just, frankly, is not a very good shooter, not a very efficient scorer. He's a good distributor, but, I mean, do you need that? Carl Anthony Towns is also a great distributor. You know who else is a great distributor? D'Angelo Russell. And you know who else is actually showing some chops as a distributor? Anthony Edwards. I mean, when you have three guys, and, and Beasley's been okay passing as well this year and distributing the ball so 
I don't think there's any need to overpay for Aaron Gordon. If you can get him for, for something that you consider to be reasonable, great, go do it. And obviously, that you know, every trade is like that, right? If you can get him for something that you consider to be fair value, then go get him. But I just don't think that he's going to go for that. I think that he is going to be traded for a lot, and I don't think the Wolves should get involved with that. And I feel sort of the same way about John Collins. Rumors, again, picking up about John Collins, that the Wolves are interested in acquiring him. I think that the fit offensively for him makes a lot more sense. He is a much better shooter than Aaron Gordon. Uh, he's just a much better offensive player than Aaron Gordon and would fit next to Carl Anthony Towns really well. And I think he would make their offense really, really fun. But are you really willing to, as a team with the worst record in the league, are you willing to go into the luxury tax, especially when your owner, uh, Glenn Taylor, is trying is actively trying to sell the team? So he's actively trying to sell the team. Is he willing to go into the luxury tax for a power forward? I mean, it is their worst position, obviously. But a power forward when your team is dead last in the league, even with the caveats of, okay, they haven't had Beasley for a stretch. They haven't had D'Lo for a long time. They haven't had, they didn't have Cat for a, a big stretch of the season. And all that's true. You're still talking about telling an owner to swallow the pill of got to pay the luxury tax with you trying to sell the team. I don't think it works. And that's why I don't think that the Wolves are going to trade for either of these guys between uh, Gordon and Collins. I do think it's more likely if they do that they trade for Gordon. I do want to mention another rumor I saw the Wolves involved in is for Norman Powell of the Toronto Raptors. Now, I haven't, I've been looking, I haven't been able to find what the Raptors are looking for for Norman Powell. If it's something closer to what the original ideas were, which is, you know, a heavily protected first round pick and someone like Jarrett Culver or Jarrett Culver and a couple of second round picks. I don't know exactly how the salaries work either with uh, Norman Powell. And I don't know that he would be a fantastic fit on this team. He's going to want to get paid this offseason. And I don't know exactly how you fit him in without, you know, involving D'Angelo Russell. And, you know, at that point, then you're clearing out a spot in the backcourt for Norman Powell or involving Malik Beasley. And I don't think it's worth it. Malik Beasley is going to be on a better contract. Frankly, Malik Beasley might just be better at this point than Norman Powell. Uh, Norman Powell's having a fantastic season, but I think Malik Beasley might just be better than Norman Powell. At least they're close enough that I would rather underpay Malik Beasley than than pay Norman Powell fair market value. So that's where we sit with that one. I do think that it would be fun to get more shooting. I'm always up for more shooting. The trade rumor I specifically want to address that I think is the most likely one to come to fruition is uh, Zach Lowe's reporting that uh, the Timberwolves are interested in moving some of their more deeper bench players, I suppose is terrible, terrible way of speaking it there, but you know, some of the deeper guys on the bench, guys like Jalen Noel, guys like Jarrett Culver, Ed Davis, Wancho Gomez, Basically, everyone other than 
my assumption would be Jalen McDaniels. Um, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, Malik Beasley, and D'Angelo Russell. Now, we do know for a fact as well, I did see a report that the Hawks wanted to trade the Wolves, John Collins, and they asked for Malik Beasley and a first-round pick in exchange. Which I understand. On the one hand, the, the Hawks should want to get as much value as they can. I am very glad the Timberwolves rejected that particular offer because Malik Beasley is on a fantastic contract, and you're giving up a fantastic contract and a first-round pick for the right to pay a guy a lot more. So very happy to see that that did not go through. But I think that there's some interesting stuff here. Um, Juancho Hernan Gomez has been, has been better lately. And I think we could really see him, uh, Ricky Rubio. I, I don't think they're going to trade Ricky Rubio, mainly because the relationship Ricky Rubio has with Anthony Edwards seems to be really special. And I think they're going to treat Ricky Rubio the way that Wolves fans wanted, have always wanted him to be treated. You know, he's a he's a Wolves classic. I mean, when I first became a Wolves fan, it was Ricky Rubio's second season in the league. And so he's, for a lot of Wolves fans, he's one of their all-time favorite players. Um, I don't think Ricky Rubio is going to go anywhere unless it's, you know, we have to put Ricky Rubio in this deal to make salaries work for, you know, some kind of great player. In that case, sure. But, you know, if you're trading Jarrett Culver and Ricky Rubio for Aaron Gordon, it's like, okay, we'll make that work. But, you know, not if there's a first-round pick included, I would imagine. And there, there would be, it seems, based on what I've read. So, uh, Zach Lowe specifically, though, did mention that um, he thinks that Jalen Noel could be um, on the move. Now, Noel has been really good. He's really been fantastic in pick and roll. When he's been running pick and roll with, uh, when he's been running pick and roll with uh, Carl Anthony Towns, they've averaged 1.48 points per possession, which is unbelievable. Um, he's a really good three-point shooter, and you know the Wolves. He was a second-round pick for the Wolves. If the Wolves can get some kind of, you know pick or include him to to make like a Wancho Hernan Gomez trade go through so you don't have to pay those last two years of Wancho I think it might be worth it but he's proving I think to be a really good rotation player and I don't particularly want the Wolves to trade Jalen Noel in any substantial way because I like Jalen Noel I think he's a good player but I mean everyone's got a price I don't want them to trade Malik Beasley either but if they could trade him for a really, really good player, I would want them to trade Malik Beasley. And at the end of the day, just sort of to wrap up this trade deadline stuff, we focus a lot on it. We talk a lot about it as Wolves fans, as NBA fans. I don't think we're going to have an exciting deadline. I think a lot of teams are going to stay put maybe I'm wrong maybe Norman Powell and John Collins and Aaron Gordon all get moved I think one of them will at least 
but I don't think that you're going to have all those guys get moved and then also other trades go down. I just don't see it, but it's possible. Um, you never know with the NBA that the trade deadline can be dead as a doornail or it can be incredibly exciting. So just keep an eye out if any specific – that's I, that's going to be my last word on trade deadline rumors. If you guys want me to address a specific rumor, feel free. Again, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, get in the Discord for Hoopball, and I, I'd be happy to address it there on the podcast. But at the end of the day, I think that unless something happens, I've addressed it now. I've addressed the rumors, right? Unless something happens or unless there's a piece of news, you know, for instance, the piece of news where the Hawks rejected or the Wolves rejected a John Collins trade for Malik Beasley in a first-round pick. Apparently, that that's a real thing that happened. So if I see something like that, I might mention it, but I'm not going to go chasing trade rumors for the podcast until Thursday. Hopefully, we you know if we have any moves, I will discuss them. But I don't want to dwell too much on it. I don't want to spend too much time thinking in hypotheticals, especially when we don't even know what this roster really looks like because we haven't seen Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, and Malik Beasley play a significant amount of time together. I'm going to start including Malik Beasley in this. You know, we talk about, oh, D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns have only played five games together. Right. And the same is true of Malik Beasley. Excuse me, that's a grandfather clock there. So Malik Beasley similarly has not played a lot with those two and absolutely want to see that because with D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, and Malik Beasley and Anthony Edwards, now all of a sudden we're cooking with gas. I mean, that's just the offensive prowess and potential of that. those four in a starting lineup is enormous. So I am very excited to see it happen, and we should see it soon. Uh, Malik Beasley obviously serving a 12-game suspension, and he is eligible to return this upcoming Saturday. Friday and Saturday, we have a back-to-back against the Rockets. He's eligible to return on Saturday. He is back in practice with the team, so he's ramping up for basketball activity. We have no reason to assume anything other than he will be in the lineup on Saturday, which is exciting. It's great. It's really nice to hear. As far as D'Angelo Russell is concerned, he is apparently also ramping up basketball activity and close to returning. He is also practicing with the team. That's very exciting. I do think he could also be back this weekend, although we haven't had any official word on it. I think it'll be like the Carl Anthony Towns return where, you know, there's really no indication and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, he's in the lineup. I think probably Friday or Saturday we'll see that. I'm hoping certainly that it would be really great if Saturday we could come in and get Malik Beasley and D'Angelo Russell back at the same time and just here's the team as you've envisioned it for the last year and better now because, I mean, we probably think that Malik Beasley's better than we thought he was when the Wolves initially traded for him. I certainly do. Um you might have thought he was this good, but I I didn't think he was this good. So that's coming up here with those two's return. Obviously, 
very exciting for the Wolves to get those two players back. We've been waiting for so long to see this experiment play out, to see the vision that Garrison Rosas sees in his head on the court. And it looks like we're going to get a chance. So let's enjoy it, and let's hope that it happens sooner rather than later. And again, Saturday is the earliest it can happen. The Wolves, obviously, this past weekend just completed a two-game mini-series against the Suns in Phoenix. They won on Friday, and they lost on Saturday. It was competitive. I mean, surprisingly, the Wolves actually did a really good job of playing tough against a team that is not only one of the best offensive teams in the NBA, but also one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. I mean, this is one of the best teams in the league, just generally. And on the first night, I discussed that very specifically, so I'll only mention it for a second here. Anthony Edwards was incredible. Carl Anthony Towns was incredible. And it was a fantastic win. It was so much fun. It was the most fun Wolves game of the year, in my opinion, and... I know I saw other people saying that as well, so I feel safe in saying it was the most fun Wolves game of the year. If you have not watched it, if you have NBA League Pass, go back and watch that game. It was very, very fun. Saturday was sort of the antithesis of that game. It was sloggy. Anthony Edwards was bad. It just felt gross. And... Chris Paul was awesome. I mean, you got to love Chris Paul. He is so, so good. And he was just fantastic in this game. I will say as well, uh, Josh Okoge did a fantastic job guarding Devin Booker, and I was very happy for that. I want to see more of that from Josh Okoge. I think he is such a fantastic defender. I really want to see him play more, but... It, it's so hard, and the way he was deployed early in the season, playing so much of the four, it I think it hurt him a lot and hurt his confidence because he didn't feel like he could lock down guys who were you know had four or five six inches on him. He's only like six four, six five, so Okogi is not huge for a two, and definitely he can guard twos and threes really really well, and ones as well. He's not able to switch on to fours and fives. He's not, you know, that big. He's not that versatile. So he just struggles when he gets put in the post against bigger guys. It's not his fault. It's just how it goes. So more Josh Okoge talk than you thought you were going to get in this podcast, but I thought it was worth mentioning because I think that a lot of Timberwolves fans, and myself included, feel that Josh Okoge is you know, a piece that can be a really, really good rotation piece. He just needs to figure some things out. We need to get some consistency, mainly on the offensive end. And he needs to be deployed in the right way defensively. When we start to see all that come together, I think that Josh Okoge can be a really solid rotation player. But we're going to need to see it all come together. And it's going to be on Chris Finch to figure out how he wants to deploy Josh Okoge in a way that helps the team to be successful. He did a fantastic job of that in this game. And I do think generally Chris Finch has done a really good job. I mean, this team is 3-3 uh, three and three since the All-Star break. 
they just have looked better. I mean, they've looked like a real NBA team in in the first half without when they didn't have all of their guys in, you know, it was really tough for them. They did not look good. And now they, without D'Angelo Russell and without Malik Beasley, they look really good. It's kind of shocking. It's, it's fantastic. I've been very happy for it. And there might be more wins coming. So let's talk about this week ahead. So today, which is Monday, March 22nd, the Wolves will host the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's a very winnable game. The Thunder are better than we thought they were going to be. I think a lot of NBA folks uh, and fans thought the Thunder were going to be the worst team in the Western Conference. But they're still not good. They're still pretty bad. And they tend to rest Horford. They tend to rest Shea. So I don't know who is in and who is not as of yet. But that's a winnable game. Then on Wednesday, the Timberwolves host the Mavericks. I mean, the Mavericks are better, for sure, than the Thunder. But that's kind of a winnable game. And that's also just like, you know, you want to talk about two of the best young stars in the NBA. Luka Doncic and Carl Anthony Towns are, are that. And then, obviously, this upcoming weekend, I already mentioned, we, we have a series against the Rockets for the Timberwolves. Uh, Friday night and Saturday night, both games in Minnesota. So they've got this nice little homestand here. You know, they just finished up. They played the Suns um, last on Friday. And I think I mentioned earlier I thought that was Friday, Saturday. It was Thursday, Friday. So I apologize for that. I'm I'm all out of sorts today. Um, But the Wolves here have a homestand. You know, they get back home, and they have a home game today, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. And then they're in Brooklyn next Monday. So all of the Wolves games you watch this week will be home games. I think they'll win two of these games. I think it's. I think usually you're going to split a, a, a two-game series, and maybe that's the baseball fan in me that says, oh, you know, you're going to split a doubleheader. Which, in baseball, is true. And here, I think it's been true mostly throughout the league, but I think the Wolves have been sort of the exception to that. But I I think you're probably going to win one of the Thunder or Mavs game and then one of the Rockets games. We'll see. And I will, of course, be back tomorrow to do a recap of that Thunder-Wolves game after it happens this evening. So thank you guys so much for listening. Again, be sure to check us out at hoop-ball.com. All the basketball content you're looking for, DFS, fantasy, betting, other team podcasts like this. And follow me on Twitter at beefstew69. That's B-E-E-F-S-T-U-6-9. Love to talk to you guys there or through our Discord on HoopBall. It's fantastic. Please be sure to check that out. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.